Well, hey everybody, it's Dr. Sasheen. Thanks for tuning in to SYGD, the podcast. Divorce may be messy, but you don't have to be. In this, our second season, join me as I set fires to lies, half-truths, and distortions that come along the way with the divorce journey and inspire you, motivate you to move past them quickly to live your best life. So set your clocks and your calendars and tune in each week. Welcome to season two, The Doctor is In. Good morning, good morning, or I think it might be afternoon, whenever you're listening to it. Welcome back. This is Dr. Sasheen, and we are talking today about love and Valentine's Day and why communication breakdown around love is the death knell in a relationship. So this is actually one of those podcasts where I'm going to talk at length about um, love languages and how the the narcissistic and even the very selfish can't really comprehend why and we all have selfish tendencies so don't get me wrong but why it's really important to understand that when you're when you're acting out of a place of which you feel like is pure love for somebody but you're not feeding them exactly what they need to feel love then you're wasting your time and that unfortunately happens in too many relationships where the desire to give a certain type of love in a certain way is met with an indifference or an even hostility to that particular way of giving, which leads to this breakdown in relationships. And the problem is, is that neither party is actually willing to do the dance of love in a way that honors both partners position as opposed to making, forcing one person to follow regardless of where they're being led. So we're going to get into it right after this word from our sponsor. All right, welcome back. So let's talk, first of all, happy February, happy Chinese New Year for those out there who celebrate. Um, lots of things are happening in the world. As we know, if, if you live anywhere in the world, you cannot help but notice that everything's happening in the world all at the same time. So hopefully you all are being safe out there. And the new year is hopefully beginning to look up for you. So let's talk today because uh, Valentine's Day is coming. If you are in a relationship or even if you're not, unless you are living literally on Mars, you cannot escape the fact that this is one of those um, holidays in the United States that is a billion dollar industry. Valentine's Day racks uh, you know, racks up the sales for florists, for candy, uh, for candy people, uh, delivery services, electronics are purchased, um, hotel rooms used to be, don't know what's going to happen with the pandemic, but used to be, you know, restaurants. This is one of the biggest nights of the year, uh, the biggest times of the year coming up for them. But so many service industry people make a lot of their money in first quarter around Valentine's day and loves is love is big business. Um, whether you're talking about it from the pulpit or you're talking about it from, you know, from wherever love is big business. So what is, what are we talking about today? Well, today we're talking about this idea of loving someone the way you need to be loved, but not the way they need to be loved. And what I hear happening in a lot of relationships and happened in my own in the past before I really begin to understand this concept of what it means to love someone the right way for them is that many people give love the way they need to receive it. Let me say that again. Many people give love the way they need to receive it. And they don't necessarily take a lot of time to give love the way that their significant other needs to receive it. So um, for some people, this concept is going to sound really foreign because it's going to be like, well, I do things for this person because I love them. Not really recognizing that you may do things 
for someone for whom doing things means uh, on a scale of one to 10 is a two. But you may say things, um, give words, give love through words sparingly, but when they hear them, that's a 10. And that disconnect, that breakdown uh, happens because couples don't tend to talk about how they need to get love because we're under this really odd impression that if I tell you what really turns me on, what really gets my juices flowing, what really makes me feel loved and loved, wanted and cared for, uh, who f- that what feeds my whole happy, healthy self, then that's somehow selfish. And oh, and this one I really hate, they'll just figure it out. You'll just, if you love me, you'll just figure it out. First of all, nobody's going to figure it out. Uh, nobody's going to be able to read your mind. And so the the idea that somehow if we don't say anything or if we say anything, it's selfish are two things that we're going to unpack these two ideas. Um, so let's let's talk about, first of all, what are love languages? Gary Chapman wrote a book back in 1992 called The Five Love Languages. And it's probably been, I'm fairly certain, uh, it's one of the best-selling books of all time. Um, and sorry, you have to take a note in the middle because you get your thoughts start racing and running. In that book, he talks about ways in which we express love, right? So ways in which people need to give love. And he broke this down into five separate ways in which love can be expressed and that people tend, and he said that people tend to fall in one of the, not, you know, predominantly in one of these five categories. And when you learn what your significant other's category is, you're more likely to be able to have a quality relationship because you're both getting the love that you need in the ways that you want. A lot of couples end up splitting, whether it's divorcing or simply transitioning out of a relationship because they have failed to understand how their partner needs to get love. And their partner has failed to understand how they need to get love. So they're not actually having the same kind of loving relationship with each other because one person is feeling lack or they might both be feeling a sense of lack. So what are those five love languages that, that Chapman talked about? Well, the first, uh, the first of those is words of affirmation. For some people, hearing I love you, hearing you're wonderful, how great you are, that you're sexy, that you are fine, that you, you know, hearing all the words that really build uh, the foundation of a person, hearing those words all the time, that's what they need. So if you have someone who really needs to hear I love you, and that's how they feel on that scale of one to 10, that's where they fall, that's when they, that you hit that 10 with them. Giving them all kinds of things is always going to be a five. It's never going to be a 10. They're always going to feel like, you know, you don't really hear, you're not really hearing what I'm saying. And you hear this in arguments between couples, especially when couples are going through um, therapy, they will say things like, you know, when he, when he or she says, I love you, like that means that's music to my ears. It's the best thing ever. When they tell me what a good job that I'm doing, when they tell me what a great person that I am, what a good provider that I am, not when they're showing me, but when they're telling me the actual words that come out of their mouth is what I need to hear. Those words of affirmation are, again, on a scale of one to 10, they're always going to hit at a 10. The second one is acts of service. Getting the oil changed without being asked to, remembering to pick up the laundry from the dry cleaner, uh, getting the tires rotated or buying the tires, putting them on the car, getting it taken care of without being to- without being requested. Acts of service. When someone's love language 
is acts of service, it means a lot to them when they don't have to ask for you to take the kids to X, Y, or Z, or remember uh, this thing over here and then do it. It's the action in service of the other person that make that hits that 10 for them on that scale of one to 10. And when you give them a gift, if it's not a gift of service, it doesn't hit the same. It doesn't make them feel as good, which is interestingly why um, giving a woman a vacuum cleaner, thinking 1950s here, giving a woman a vacuum cleaner is way less exciting than vacuuming the house, <laughs> just for the record, because it's, the, it's in the act of service that the person whose love language is acts of service feels as though you hear them, you see them, you care for them, you know who they are, and you've paid attention to what they need. Next is receiving of gifts. Um, for some people, getting things and being the recipient of things that are personal and important to them is that is that 10 on the scale of one to 10. Remembering their favorite chocolate or their favorite author or their, their favorite pair of shoes or um, knowing that they like watches for those of you out there who, who like watches because I like um, I like watches. I, as I like to say, I love complications only in my watches. And I do like complications only in my watches, but I do like, um, I like beautiful high-end watches. But those kinds of, of memory gifts, things that are really important, things that are really personal, things that have meaning and, and things that, that show that you listen, that show that you listen, what makes is what makes people feel the most loved in the world. Um, that lovely weighted blanket because you know I get chilly. That is a gift that means the most in the world. Quality time, ah, quality time. You know what they say, this, this is an old chestnut that I find actually makes a lot of sense. You make time for the things that are important to you. And so if you're someone who's really busy all the time and you're going, 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 and you have a significant other who really needs quality time to feel connected and those and that time never happens, and I don't mean any kind of time, I mean quality time, giving absolute attention to someone in that moment so that they feel as though nothing else matters at all except this slice of the day where I am here for you. When you give that to that person who needs, whose love language is quality time, you've hit their 10 out of the park. They know that you see them, that you value them, that you care for them, and that you want to give them something that's very important to them. And then finally, physical touch. This is probably one of the ones that that garners the most controversy um, because for a lot of people, the idea of physical touch um, is tied to just sex. It's not always about sex, but sex is a part of physical touching. But nothing can speak more to a person whose love language is physicality than than touching, than the, the hand on the shoulder the, the walking through a room and stopping for a moment to place the hand on the arm, the looking deeply into the eyes with the hand on the arm, the physical act of touching from, you know, hugging from the back as someone is washing dishes, the squeeze that indicates that I, I feel you, I see you, I know you. The act of sex, the act of lovemaking, the act of intimacy, the touching, the understanding, the landscape of the body and being willing to explore that landscape for that person in ways that make them feel good. All of the love languages have one thing in common and they are, and this, and this is what it is. 
They're designed to help you make sure that A, you're getting what you need, but B, your your significant other is also getting what they need. And it's wonderful when love languages match up, right? Like acts of service meets acts of service, fantastic. Physical touch meets physical touch, woohoo. Quality time meets quality time, great. But when love languages don't match up and we don't take the time to really figure out or, or express what our love language is, then you start running into problems. And that becomes a really big issue when you start talking about the the hassle of everyday living, right? So many things can interfere and get in the way of just trying to have a relationship. You know, you've got jobs or you're running businesses or you are, you have kids or you're, you're, you've got life. You've, you're, you know, we're all busy or at least we all used to be much busier. But even now, now that we're all even confined, it's even more evident and more glaringly obvious how important love languages are. Um, but as life interferes, we tend to default to the things that are most comfortable to us which means when we wanna show someone that we love them, we tend to default to our love language, assuming that what we do for them will in fact be enough. That is a big mistake. Because again, what you do for someone else out of a place of your own love language is never gonna be as impactful as understanding your person's love language and giving that to them. Now, for someone who's gonna yell out there, but that's not fair because if I'm doing acts of service for someone because I believe acts of service are a way of love, then they should be grateful that I'm giving them an act of service. And my response to you is, would you be grateful to someone whose act, whose love language is physical touch if they wanted to have sex with you 24 seven? Because if that's what they need and they're trying to give it to you, why aren't you more grateful? You see how that works? It is not about gratitude. It is. It should not be about gratitude. It should be about helping the person that you are with understand and know that you love them for who they are and that you've listened to what they need. You've observed because you've studied them or you've taken the time to talk to them uh, and you want to give them what they need because what is love ultimately, if not an act of service in and of itself? Because that's what it is. Yes, it it may start as an emotion, but it doesn't stay just an emotion. Uh, Relationships don't stay together because of an emotion. They stay together because of acts of that emotion because of action on that emotion. And the actions on that emotion is what keeps that emotion in play through a marriage or relationship that lasts 20, 30, 40 years. And I keep saying relationship because not all couples can can or want to get married, but they want to be together. So when we start talking about the disillusion of relationships, it's usually because the acts necessary to keep the emotion at play are not there anymore. They've either tapered off they were never very strong to begin with, or they might never have been there at all. And we and couples just tended to overlook that because the emotion was so strong for a while and then life got in the way. But eventually life also has a way of reminding you very, very um, succinctly that it's not enough to believe in love. You either are acting in love or you are, or you're splitting because you're no longer in love. So going back around to what I was saying in the beginning, which is that the reasons that couples falter around the love language aspect is one, because they feel like it's selfish to want to explain to someone how they get their love language. Let's unpack the selfishness because we hear this a lot. Oh, you're just being selfish by saying that you'd rather do X, Y, and Z. You should be, and this is back to that gratitude thing, right? You should just be grateful that someone wants to do X, Y, and Z. This is poppycock. It's hogwash and we need to stop it. We don't teach children, oh, you should just be grateful that I don't smack you. Right. We don't teach them that it's it's 
it's an act of love that I don't beat on you. We teach them to that it's it's not. In fact, we you need to make sure people are honoring and respecting your physical space and your physical person and that no one has the right to be mean to you. But we say to adults, well, you should just be happy that fill in the blank. You should just be happy. Yes, you know, your significant other may yell at you, but at least he doesn't he or she doesn't hit you. Well, that's also equally as stupid. And what that what that stems from is teaching people that it's selfish to articulate and want to be honored for what you need. We tell people it is highly selfish that you want to be honored for what you need. So instead of telling people, you know what, I'm a physical touch person. And so for me, I'm more likely to really feel loved and cared for if you're physically touched, when you physically touch me. So touching me is encouraged. I really appreciate it. And not just in the bedroom, but also outside. We, we wanna tell people, don't say things like that. That's really selfish. How dare you demand that someone love you that way? But at the same time, we're supposed to be grateful for any kind of scrap of love that we get. This is what starts to set people up for failure in a relationship. Muting your own desires and accepting whatever comes at you sets you up for thinking that love is some transaction that is only beneficial if you don't say what you need. That doesn't make any sense, but that's what we teach. So instead of teaching selfish, we need to teach self-empowered. We need to teach and talk about, you know what, when you when you do the little things in acts of service, if when you do the little things that I don't have to think about, that makes me feel so close to you. That makes me feel fantastic. I want more of that. That makes me feel like we're connected, like you hear me. When we can talk about those kinds of things, when we can articulate those kinds of things and both parties are allowed to express what they what makes them feel really love and secure, then our relationships are more likely to last and endure through times that are not so great. Because when you believe that your significant other not only has your back in terms of things go south financially or blah, 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 but also in love, they have your back in the love aspect of your relationship as well, then you're more likely to fight through the hard times, to fight through the bad times. And one of the ways to show that you have the person's back that you're with in the love aspect of your relationship is to know how they receive love and then give it to them so that they always know in big and small ways, I hear you, I see you, and I honor you. The second thing that happens is we feel like, well, in the course of a relationship, the person's going to figure out what I need, what my love language is, and and then it'll be fine. That might well be true. It might take them 10 years to get there. And I don't know about you, but I know couples, and so do you, where there's a lot of bitterness and resentment that builds up over time because people are not getting love in the way that they need it. When people say things like, gosh, I just wish he or she would. I don't understand, like I can get this on Valentine's Day, this person does X, Y, and Z, but 364 other days out of the year, they don't. That tells you right there that people don't figure it out because how how on earth could they? This myth is that somehow love shines a light inside of you, that people can just read what you need with that light and know you is a myth that is de- that debilitates your relationship. Instead, what we need to remind people is that none of us are that open of a book. <laughs> none of us. We are multifaceted. We have many rooms, many nooks and crannies, and many stories to ourselves. And then the beautiful thing about being in relationship with someone is the unfolding of that story, right? So in some ways, figuring things out. But no 
good book is ever a good book without the words that you can read. And no person is ever fully present if you don't know if you don't know the key to how to read them. You have to give people the key to how to read you and your love language is one of those keys. Talking about what you need, talking about what makes you feel good, not assuming that they will figure it out. And let's be clear, there are too many women and men having bad sex because they assume their partner is going to quote unquote figure out how to please them. That isn't how it works. Only you know what your body actually desires or feels good to it. So when you don't tell someone if something feels good, they're le- they're less likely to do it again because you didn't say anything. So that might have felt really good internally and you thought, oh, they're going to notice that this makes me feel good and do it again. And then they never do it again. And you're left going, why don't you do X, Y, and Z anymore? And they're like, I didn't know you liked that. No one is inscrutable. Everyone is a mystery. And the only way to understand a mystery is to figure out the key. You have that key and you have to be willing to give that key to people so that they can figure out who you are and give you what you need. There's nothing selfish about wanting a relationship where you are you are just as honored and cared for it as the person that you are with. The desire to be in a relationship should come with the desire to know another person in ways that honor, love, and respect them so that they can be just as whole, happy, and healthy as you are. That desire is what the love languages are all about. That desire is what keeps people seeking relationships year after year after year. But that desire not coupled with understanding is also what keeps relationships falling apart year after year after year. And so as you think about your relationship and you think about the ways in which relationships play out, um, learning about the love languages and learning about the, the ways in which the love languages show up for you is probably one of the most important things that you can do for yourself at any age, whether you're 21 and just getting into your first relationship or 71 and starting over again. Being fully present to your own understanding, to your own education, to your own knowing, to your own desires, to your own feelings is going to make every relationship that you have, whether they're romantic in nature or not, that much more richer and more fulfilling as you move through life. So this is one of those um, uh, conversations that are always a little controversial because, again, a lot of us like to, uh, a lot of the (laughs) idea that we're selfish or that people should just figure us out or that love will smooth over all things, a lot of uh, those things are simply simply not true. They're simply not accurate. And a divorce industry of 60%, uh, 40% for first marriage is 60% for, for second and holding steady continues to underscore that reality, that we're not figuring it out, that in fact, we are still inscrutable and we're not willing to give the key to the kingdom to people along with the map of how to get through the kingdom. Instead, we're giving them a torch and saying, figure it out. Well, it's time to stop saying figure it out and maybe help people love us the way that we need to be loved. And that, as they say, is the tea. Thanks for tuning in this week. To get more, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, YouTube, LinkedIn, and coming soon, Patreon, for those who want to subscribe and who want to support this podcast. If you have any questions, please contact me at support at sashinmobley.com. And as always, please like, subscribe, and leave a comment so that we can continue to rise in the rankings. That's it for this week. Take care. See you next time. Bye.